0: Amen. Well, um, tonight, I, I, you know, as I was preparing to come, knowing that I would be here with you, just praying about what direction to go. uh, Just felt the Lord kind of lead me along the lines of talking about a principle of honor. And I think honor is something that is a key for us as a Christian, as believers, to be able to unlock some things in our own life when we show honor to others that God has placed within our lives. And honor is something that I think we need to do our best to uh, recognize because if we don't recognize what God has given us in other people, I think there are times that it can hinder what God can do in our lives. You know, I've, I've experienced this in my own life where I've had people where, I you know, I honor them before they honor me, but you honor them and through that honor, they're able then to bless you. And I think what what happens when you honor somebody is that gives you the ability to access the gifts that they have in their lives. And I think all of us have gifts, all of us have abilities, all of us have talents that are God-given. Each one of us has something, I believe, that God wants to use us for, for his kingdom, to add to the body of Christ, to add to the church, to add to the lives of the people that are around us. But one of the things that I've, I've come to recognize throughout my time as a, as a minister and my time as a believer is the people that I honor, the people that I show this, this respect to in my life, those are mostly the people that are the ones that bless me in my life. The ones that I honor, it gives me ability to access what they have. And it's, the opposite is also true. The ones that I dishonor, I don't ever have the ability to access the gifts and the abilities that they have to be able to bless me in my life. And so this is kind of what I want to talk about today. And I want to start reading here uh, from Matthew, Matthew chapter 13. And I want to read verse 44. You know, one uh, one of the things that Jesus taught about a lot was trying to get us to understand what the kingdom of God is like. You know, and he would say time and time again, well, the kingdom of God is like a seed or the kingdom of God is like a like a pearl. The kingdom of God is like this or the kingdom of God is like that. Trying to use different parables so that you and I would understand more. What is the kingdom of God? What, how does the kingdom of God work? And this is a short parable here in Verse 44. Jesus is speaking and he said the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went out and sold all that he had and he bought that field. And so the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And I think this goes to a principle that I I think could fit into all of us. All of us have a treasure, all of you have something on the inside of you that is that is precious, that is God-given, that is, is a quality that we can add to those that are around us. But at the same time that we all have a treasure, how many know that you also have a field? And the field might not be what everybody's excited about, but it's the treasure in you that can get me to be excited about you. You know, I, I, one of the things I've always tried to do in, in my ministry is, is the people that come into the church, you know, you do your best not to judge them by how they look. You do your best not to judge them by how they present themselves or by really even the words that they speak. You know, sometimes people have not grown to a level of maturity spiritually to be able to look at them and say, wow, you are a gift in the body. But if you will know that every person has a quality, every person has a gift, you will do your best to look for the treasure within that person. I like how Jesus said this. He said that person was willing to go sell everything he had to come and get that treasure that was in that field. And I think that's how we need to to look at one another. I think we need to judge one another in the body of Christ in a way of they've got a treasure In that field, they've got a treasure in them that can bless me and I'm willing to do what I can do to access that treasure. You know, I think a lot of times in the church, what I've unfortunately seen, and you've probably seen it too, instead of being treasure hunters, we have a lot of dirt hunters. Huh? You have people looking for, well, did you hear what they did last night? Or did you see how they treated their wife? Or did you hear what they just said? You know, we're looking for the treasure or we're looking for the dirt instead of looking for the treasure. And, you know, a lot of times we find out that somebody that we know that we have enjoyed, we find out they have some dirt in their life and we block them off because of their dirt. And then we no longer have access to the treasure that they have within them. You know, I've known some people that, you know, they say, well, this, you know, for years they talk about how well, this one minister has just really blessed their lives and spoken into their lives and blessed them. And they find one thing that they've done wrong and they cut them off and say, well, I'm never going to listen to them again. I'm never gonna. I think that hinders the body of Christ. I think that blocks what God is able to do in us is if we will stop a treasure because of the field. And I think in, 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 in the, the church as a whole, Jesus is trying to say, we should buy the whole field just to be, able to be able to have access to that treasure. And it's this principle of honor that I believe helps us to be able to tap in more into the good things that God has for us as a church. You know, what pastor was preaching on this morning about the Holy Spirit, this is vital in prayer, is vital. But as he mentioned this morning, you know, when we're doing that, I think we'll even be looking at one another in a different way. Not looking to see what did they do wrong, but we'll be looking at one another, saying, okay, what has God put in you? What is the treasure in you? You know, I've 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 the girl who is our worship leader in our church today, you know, when she started coming to our church, she was very shy and very reserved, and she didn't want to be really participating in anything. And I just really felt on the inside that she had something there. And, you know, I began to encourage her and, and uh, you know, I asked her to be part of the team because she was standing behind me one day singing. And I heard her voice and I was like, who is that singing? You know, I, was, I and so I said, well, you know, come be part of the team. It's like, no, no, I could never do that. But again, you see that treasure and you don't judge them by all their, their insecurities, but you say, okay, that's, I want to dig that out. I want to find what's in there. I want to get a hold of that. Because that's something that God can use. And so if we're going after the treasure, I believe the more we dig. You know, one of the shows I like to watch. I'm a Discovery Channel guy for those of you who watch Discovery. I like this show called Gold Rush. I don't know if any of you watch that show. It's about these guys up in Alaska. They're digging through tons and tons and tons of dirt all week long to get a few ounces of gold. They're not discouraged because of all the dirt but they get excited about a cup full of gold. And I think that's how it should be with us in the lives of of the people that are around us is that we should be so excited about the treasure that is on the inside that we, you know, not that we approve of the dirt, but that we don't judge people by the dirt, that we would love them, that we would honor them, that we would respect them because they're part of our body. And, and, you know, maybe we need to help. Maybe we need to cover. Maybe we need to, to feed and to help them to grow. But Jesus said, this is, this is what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like a treasure that has been placed in a field. And if you want to have access to that treasure, you need to buy the field. And so if this is how the kingdom of God works, I want to be able to access the treasure that God has put into my life. And when I've, what I've recognized, I've, I say this a lot, is that you know, the blessings of God that are gonna come to you in your life, they're gonna come to you through relationships, right? You know, think about it. Every blessing you've ever received in your life comes through relationships. It doesn't come through you know, an angel standing at the foot of your bed most of the time. You know, I've never had an angel come and deliver me anything naturally. I've never had God show up in my room and say, well, here you go, Barry. This is my gift for you for today. That doesn't happen. But I've had through relationships, I've had things be able to be such a blessing to my life because of, there's that connection there. But before there's ever the connection, there has to be the connection of honor. You know, and I could speak about my own life and my connection with, with Pastor Mike. When I, I, we were just talking about this the other day, we were driving through and we passed a uh, Marie Calendar's. is that the name of it? The Marie Calendar's restaurant. I remember the first time that I called Pastor Mike and I told him what we were doing. We had a Bible school in Estonia and I was, you know, I was trying to raise support for Brent and I to, to go back over there and to be able to serve the people in Estonia. I was a young man, I was probably 25, 26 years old. I'm calling Pastor Mike. I said, Pastor Mike, you know, I would, would love to be able to come and share with your people and, and let you be able to be, a, be part of this great ministry that I have at the age of 25 in Estonia. And uh, he said, all right, yeah, why don't you come on in and, and you could, you know, share with our people. I think I came in, I don't remember if it was a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, but I remember it was a night meeting. He had me come in and just share a little bit about what we were doing. And then afterwards, now I, I love this man. This man is... He's like a father, like a pastor, like an example to me, like nobody else on the planet. All right. And so what I'm about to say, don't take this wrong. That man, when I first met him, he intimidated me. I know it's hard for most of you to understand. <laughs> he, he intimidated me. And for some reason, Beth couldn't come with us. And, and so uh, after the service, Pastor Mike said, well, let's go out, let's go get a, get a little dessert or something. He took us to Marie Calendar's, and I remember sitting down with Brenda across from Pastor Mike, and he sat there, and in a way that only Pastor Mike can do, he looks at me and he says, all right, so uh, tell me a little bit more about your ministry in Estonia, you know, with that mm-hmm. stare that he has, and <laughs> I, I didn't know what to say. I thought when I left that, that little time that we had with him, I think we sat there for 45 minutes, and I'm stumbling over my words, and blah, 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 blah. I thought, he's got to think I'm the most idiotic guy he's ever met, and I don't know what we're ever going to do, you know, but I honored him. I respected him, but oh my goodness, I was scared to death. That, that 35 minutes felt like three or four hours sitting there with Pastor Mike, and so, you know, we, we, I left here thinking he'll probably never have me back again. He probably doesn't think much about what, what I am or or what we're doing and I I just Brenda said, oh it's okay. You know, don't worry about it. It's fine. I was like, I don't know about that. Well, a couple days later, you know, we get get a check in the mail and he actually sent us an offering. And I was like, wow, we got a, we got an offering. Maybe he did like us, you know, maybe, maybe there was something there. But I think it again, this goes back to you honor that. And I think he he's looked past all the the dirt that I had. And he he saw maybe a little something on the inside of me, and he said, there's something in that young man that there's got to be a treasure there. And he wanted to honor the treasure, and he didn't look at me and all my insecurities and all of my failure as a, as a you know, present your ministry to me, young man. I, I, <laughs> and he saw the treasure, and he said, man, that's, that, that's something that, that I, I believe God can use that. And I don't know, I've never really talked to him about that, what he thought about me the first time we we met, but that encouraged me, that I had somebody over me, so to speak, look into my heart and, and see something that was there and encourage that gift. Boy, I, I wish we had more of that in the church, don't you? I wish we had more of that when people would come together, that we would honor the gift in each other. And this is what I've, I've learned, is that when somebody honors the gift that's in me, it does something in me. It causes me to want to rise to the level of the honor that they've shown me. If nobody honored that gift, if, if everybody would have said, well, you're just a young man, Who, what are you to do in, in the nation of Estonia? You're, you're too young, you're too naive, you're too maybe insecure, whatever it would be. Maybe I wouldn't be there today. Maybe I would never be fulfilling the plan that God had for me in my life if I didn't have somebody see and recognize something that maybe I didn't even know was there. And maybe you can say that about your own life. Maybe you had a teacher or a coach or a family member, a parent, see something in you and encouraged that in you. And because they encourage that in you, you are who you are today because they recognize the treasure in you instead of looking at your field, looking at your dirt and saying, well, you're this and you're that. I think our families would be stronger if we had more people talking about our treasures than we do our dirt. I think our churches would be stronger if we looked after the treasures instead of seeking after a little bit of dirt and then cutting them off and then cutting them off. And that's kind of our human nature, isn't it? I mean, that's what sells magazines. That's what makes the news. You know, we build somebody up, to tear them down, don't we? That's, that's our culture we live in. Look at Hollywood. You guys live right in the middle of it. You'll build somebody up and build them up and build them up until they fail. And then you'll cut them down. I was walking through the store just yesterday. Brad Pitt is off with some other woman and Angelina Jolie's down there with a the mad look on her face. All right, we build them up to be this perfect couple. And we wait for that newsworthy thing, that little bit of dirt to come out and say, let's chop them down man, let's get that out of the church. Let's get it out of the church where we build somebody up until we find something and say, but you're not worthy. Get, what is she doing on the worship team? What is he doing playing in the... Did I know what he was doing last night. Who does he think he is to be used by? We do that so often, and I think it blocks, it hinders the blessing that God wants to put into your own life because we judge people by what they do instead of who they are called to be and who I believe God wants us to be. There's so much more in the lives of those that are around me that I want to pull out because I'm realizing there's blessing. I've had people show honor to me and I would rise to another level. I want to show honor to those around me now so they begin to rise to another level. And Jesus said, this is how the kingdom of God should be like. This is what the kingdom of heaven is, is that we love and we honor those that are in our lives and we have access to that. There's treasure that is able to come and be a blessing to us through the relationships that we cultivate. Very rarely does a relationship that you do not cultivate end up blessing you in your life. Very rarely does somebody walk up out of nowhere, and just say, let me bless you. Really, the only place that that does happen mostly is in a church where somebody's led by God to do something like that, but that is rare. Most of the time, the the people, or the way that blessing comes to you is through the relationships that we cultivate, the relationships that we strive for. And, you know, in Matthew chapter 10, whoop, I lost my iPad here. I am not a technology person, my wife is, so... All right, here we go. All right, in Matthew chapter 10, go with me there. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 40, I want to see another thing that Jesus said here. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 40, it says, Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. So Jesus, again, is teaching how we're to treat one another. And if you welcome one another, we're welcoming Jesus. And if we're welcoming Jesus, we're welcoming the Father. And he goes on to say this in verse 41. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous man, a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. What is he saying here? It's the principle of honor. It's the principle of what I honor, I have access to. If I honor that person as a gift of God, I'll have access to that gift in my life. If I honor that, that, that woman as a righteous woman, she'll be able to bless me in a righteous way. It's how we, 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 we look to one another instead of looking for, for how we might be able to Get, get away with something or how we might be able to, to step on somebody else to climb to a higher level. Why don't we look at them as a gift and a treasure and be able to access from them? And then let's rise together. Instead of just having one man climbing to the top, let's rise together. And I think that's the point that Jesus is wanting us to make. And if you honor a prophet as a prophet, if you honor a prophet as somebody who speaks for God, You'll be able to be blessed by the word that they speak. Now, I'm not saying that I'm a prophet. I'm probably far from that. But, you know, my ability to bless you tonight, it's not on me. And that kind of helps me as a minister. It's not my responsibility to have a word to bless you. It's your responsibility. If you want to be blessed, it's your responsibility to honor the gift that I have. And then you'll be able to be blessed by that gift. So you are the one that is going to be the determining factor whether I bless you or not. I could be the most anointed preacher on the planet, but if you don't think I'm anointed, you're not going to get anything from me. You know, Jesus, we know that he went to his hometown, and he went there, and he was doing what he did everywhere else. And the Bible said that he was not able to do anything there except for just heal a few people, but not to really do anything there. Because they did not honor the gift. They did not. He was the most anointed, the best teacher. The teachings of Jesus are the most amazing things to last through thousands of years and still hold true through every culture on the planet. Only him. Only him. And he went into this city And they said, who do you think you are? Aren't you, isn't that your brother? Isn't that your sister? Aren't you you just a carpenter? Who do you think you are? No honor, no reward. And then we see on in in another place in the Bible, it's uh, John chapter four, where Jesus was, you know, he'd been traveling all day and he stops at a well. I remember his disciples went into town to buy food because Jesus was hungry, it was hot. And Jesus said, I'll just sit here in the shade. You guys go get the food. And while he was sitting in there alone, here comes this woman in the heat of the day. Now, let me just stop in the story. Why was this woman coming out to the well in the heat of the day? In the hottest part of the day to come and carry, you know, what, 50 pounds of water? Maybe two bottles, maybe, you know, 100 pounds of water. Why would she come out in the heat of the day? because everybody knows you don't go carry water in the heat of the day. This Samaritan woman comes out there when nobody else would be at the well. She didn't expect to see anybody. This woman didn't want to talk to anybody because she had some issues. She wanted just to leave me alone. I'm gonna go get my water when nobody else will be there because you only get water in the morning or in the evening but you never go in the middle of the day. Here she shows up at the well and she sees a Jew sitting over there and she's like, all right, great. Now this woman, she's probably a looker just by knowing her history a little bit. She's probably a good looking woman. She's probably used to having guys hit on her. And here this guy is sitting over there and he says, "Uh, hey, would you bring me some water? And she's kind of a smart-alecky woman, isn't she? She just kind of snaps back at him. I kind of like her attitude. She had a little quickness to her. And she said, dude, you don't even have a bucket. And he said, well, if you knew who it was that was asking you for water, you'd ask me for water. And she said, oh, yeah, sure. Well, why don't you go ahead and give me some of that, man, and then I won't have to come out here in the heat of the day anymore to get myself some water. Why don't you give me some of your water there, bro? And Jesus was like, you know, what am I going to do with this girl? She's kind of sassy. Here he is, Jesus, the Son of God, the most anointed person on the planet, And she doesn't recognize him. She doesn't know who she's talking to, did she? She saw Jesus as just another man trying to get her attention. And remember, she's going in the heat of the day. She doesn't want to talk with anybody. And so Jesus, he wanted to help her. He wanted to reach her. And so he changed his approach a little bit. And he says, all right, woman, why don't don't you go and why don't you go get your husband And then you and I, we'll we'll sit down with with him and, and we'll just talk for a little bit. And she said, well, you know, I don't even have a husband. And so here we see the whole conversation going along and she's not honoring Jesus. She's not even really giving him a time of day. And he's wanting to help her. He's wanting to reach this woman. And everything is going along until this moment. And then Jesus says, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. And the one that you're with now, he's just a friend. You're living with a friend. You ever have any of those people in your life? Well, he's just a friend that we're with. Just a friend. And she said, whoa. Sir, I perceive that you might be a prophet. What happened? All of a sudden, she began to see him in a different way now that she sees him and she recognizes the gift she's going to be able to access now have access now to that gift that jesus had as long as she had that cocky you know don't talk to me who do you think you are attitude she wasn't going to get nothing from this holy man but now she had access she said i i perceive that there's something different about you sir And we don't know the whole conversation they had, but they had a conversation. By the time the disciples come back, she leaves her bucket there and she's going into town and she's saying, you gotta come and hear this guy. He's the most anointed guy. He could be the Messiah. You have gotta come and hear what he said. He's told me everything about my whole life. He knows me. What happened? She changed the way that she saw him and she had access to the gift. There's a revival in the city because she recognized who he was and what he had. Then we have even another level of honor. We see Jesus go into his hometown, no honor, nothing. There was no miracles that were really done. This woman, he had to work a little bit to be able to, to, to do something. But then we see Jesus, he meets a, a centurion soldier, one of the, the, the big guys and, and you know, had people under him and just this quality guy says, all right, Jesus, my servant's sick. Would you come? Or didn't say come. He said, would you heal my servant? And Jesus said, all right, just like everybody else, I'll go to your house. I'll go to your house and I'll pray and everything will work out. And he said, no, no, no. You don't even need to come to my house. He said, all you got to do is speak the word. You just say the word. And that's all I need. He said, I understand authority. I too am a man under authority. He was under the authority of Rome. He could do whatever he wanted to do. He said, I recognize you, sir. Are a man under some spiritual authority, and if you are the Messiah, all you have to do is speak the word and everything's gonna work out. There'll be healing in my house. Go ahead, just say the word. And Jesus turned to his disciples and said, I haven't even found that great of faith even in in Israel. All right, honor. What you honor, you'll be able to have access to. And the people that God places in our life, I think there's something about that honor that allows us to access more of what they have for us. And I believe that the person sitting next to you, the person in your row, the person across the room, could be the answer to your prayers. They could be the ones that hold your miracle. You know, I like, uh, uh, you know, I think a lot of times in the church, we think we always have to have the big guys praying for us. But I like what Pastor Mike was saying this morning. We should be praying for each other. We should be praying for each other. When we hear somebody is sick, let's pray for each other. Not just wait for Pastor Mike to pray. Or let's get the guest minister to pray. That's all fine. But whatever happened to praying for each other? This is, I believe, there's times that we won't even need to, to get to Pastor Mike because Tom prayed for me, Julie prayed for me, and whatever, whoever, you know, these people, they prayed for me. And I got healed. I'm well, I'm better. I like that. You know, Pastor Mike said, you know, we don't even hear all the, the testimony. Sometimes I'm the last one to know. I love that. I love that. It's the church. That's us working together. That's us being the answer. The way that Jesus said, this is the way the kingdom of God should work. The kingdom of God is like a treasure in a field. And let's buy the whole field to be able to have access to the treasure. That is inside the people that are in our lives. So many times we miss the treasure. You know, in my life, uh, when I went to Bible school, I, I had just gotten, I just gave my life to the Lord. I mean, green as far as a Christian. I gave my life to Jesus. And when I did that, his love began to change me in ways that I didn't know was possible for me. You know, I'd been kicked out of the university because I had not been Living a really good life. I got messed up with drugs and selling and some other things. And through a variety of events, the university kicked me out. Didn't have to go to prison, which was just the grace of God. But it was at that moment that I was emptied. I, I'd lost my friends. I'd lost everybody that I thought was really going to be there for me. And when the time really came, everybody resisted me because, ooh, he's trouble. Don't, you know, don't want to spend time with Barry because. He's got the police watching him. Let's, let's keep away. And I, I thought I'd lost everything. I thought I'd lost everybody. I'd lost really a hope to live. I went from somebody who was very popular on a university campus to being somebody that nobody would even want to talk to. I'd walk into a room and you'd see the whispers. At least I did. You know, some of them might've been real, some of them false, but I thought everybody was talking about me. Give my life to God. God completely begins to change me, works from the inside out. And you know what it was? It was the love. I went to church, I, you know, long story short, I went home, spent some time with my mom and dad and they said, why don't you just come to church with us this Sunday? They could see I was broken inside. They knew what I'd gone through. So I went to church and a guy got up before the, the preacher and he sang a song about the love of God and how, I don't even remember what the song was. I just remember the words were something along the lines of God will love you no matter what you've done or what you've gone through. He will always love you just the way. I remember I'm listening to that song and tears rolling down my face. And I was like, do you really love me? Nobody else does. Do you? Really? After all I've done and all the mistakes that I've made and I'm sitting there and God just changes my life and his love just fills me. And I feel like, oh, I'm somebody. I'm spe- that, that's an amazing God. It was the love of God that changed me. The guy that got up to preach, he probably thought he gave a great message because here's this young man came to the front with tears rolling down his face. I don't even know what the preacher said. What got me was the song, and I sat there for 30 minutes weeping in my hands, not because of the preacher's message, but because of the song about the love of God that changed my life. Anyway, go to the front at the, at the altar call. I give my life to the Lord. 12 months later, I'm, I'm like, I'm, want, I'm reading my Bible. I'm wanting to know about this God. I wanna want know him, and, and so the only way I knew to know him was go to a Bible school. And the only Bible school that I knew about was a Bible school called Rhema. Didn't know anything about Rama, but my youth pastor had gone to Rhema Bible School. So I thought, okay, I'll go there. And so I, you had to give your pastor's you know, signature to go to Rama. So I took my application in to him and he signed it and gave it back to me. He told one of my friends later, you know, Barry should probably try to come to church two times in a row before he goes to a Bible school. That was kind of, that was who I was. Yeah. But I was hungry and I was learning. I wanted to know about this God. That's why I wanted to go to Bible school. I didn't feel called to be a pastor. I didn't think I was going to be called to be a missionary and go travel the world and change people's lives. I just wanted to know about my Jesus. I just wanted to learn what it was that he did for me. And so I go to Bible school. And, and so here I am, I'm green. I just said all that to let you know. I was green when it comes to spirituality. You guys in this church, you've got such an amazing pastor who teaches you the word and you should be real thankful for that. Amen but I didn't know half of what you guys probably know sitting out here, and I'm going to Bible school. I didn't know that you had to be called to the ministry to go to Bible school. I get down to, to Tulsa, and everybody's telling me what they're going to do. I'm going to be a this, and I'm going to be a that, and I'm going to be a this pastor, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be an evangelist, and I'm going to, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. Came down here to learn about God. I don't know about y'all, but I don't have much of a ministry. I'm planning to go back after, you know, two years and work for my dad. My dad ran an insurance company, and that was my I was going to take a two-year pause and I thought, okay, I'll get my life back together and I'll learn about my God and then I'll go back and I'll serve in a church somewhere and do something. First week of school, I'm sitting in the auditorium probably, I don't know, 700 people in there and this old man, he'd get up and he'd talk and he'd just tell stories and it was so boring and I was just, jeez, you know, and I'm doodling off the side of my notes and just, all right. I want, you know, I like the teachers that went in there and really taught, just boom, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Then this old man, he would just get up there and he would just tell stories and tell stories and tell stories. I remember, I was walking out of the auditorium one day, you know, going to lunch, and one of my friends came up to me and pat, got, got, got just met, he patted me on the back and he said, Man, Barry, wasn't that just amazing? And I thought, amazing? No, it's just, you know, I didn't know what to answer. And he's like, that, man, I think that message has really changed me. That's gonna make a difference in me. And I remember walking away from that conversation. I was thinking that was one of the most boring, you know, classes we had all day long. And he's thinking, it's amazing. <laughs> and so I, be- I went home and I began to pray. I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't get what what did he hear that I didn't hear? What, why was he excited? And I thought it was dead. And, and come to find out that old man that was telling stories, that was Brother Hagin this great man of God. I didn't know who he was. I didn't really, I I knew that he was kind of one of the leaders of the school, but I didn't know who he was. I knew nothing about him, but I, but then I began to learn who he was, this quality man. I'm so thankful. I went to, to at the time where he was still teaching on on a full-time basis. I was the last class that went through that got to have him that way. And, and, and I was so blessed after that by that ministry. But listen, I had to reposition the way that I saw this old man that was telling stories. I had to position myself to say, okay, he's got something that I need in my life. And after that, you know, we were both leaving. You know, I'd go pat him on the back. Oh, hey, man, wasn't that great? Yes, it was great. But I had to change the way that I received it to be blessed by it. And I think it's that way even with each other, isn't it? The way we see one another will change the way that we could receive from one another. The way you see this man is going to change the way you could receive from this man. He's got so much in him for us. I include myself in that. So much in him for us. But if we don't see that, we'll never have access to it. I love it that he's not afraid to teach for an hour when we have these you know, half hour, 20 minute sermons in and out. God bless you. Thank you. Have a great week. He's never done that. He's got to, he'll teach you for an hour and a half if he has to, if he feels led to. He'll just give you the word and give you the word until he feels he's done. I think that's awesome. I thank God for that. I know you know that. I know you know that's why you come here. But we honor it, to have access to it, to allow that to bless our life. We honor one another to have access to the gift in each other, to be able to be blessed in our life. And I think it's, it goes back to each and every one of us praying for each other, praying for the sick, praying in the Holy Spirit. I don't know how to pray for this person. Pray in the Holy Spirit as he was teaching us this morning. I'm gonna take that message back to my church. And you know, I told him afterwards, I said, you know, I, in my church, if I said, okay, everybody, let's pray in the Holy Spirit. I said, I'd be the only one praying. I was so blessed to see everybody praying this morning. If you were here, you, you experienced that. It was just, it was kind of a, a powerful, uplifting thing. If I go back to my church and say that, you know, the Estonians kind of sit there and they watch you. <laughs> but I want that. I, w- I want to teach that. I, you know, that. That's what I want. I want to have us to be a praying church. Isn't that what we need in these last days? praying for each other and, and then the, the frailties and the Jesus paid the price already. It's already paid for, but we need to ask him. We need to be, be, be taking our, standing our ground and taking our faith and saying, I believe for them to be healed. I believe for them to have access to that. And I don't know what's going on in their life, but I see the hurt in their heart and I pray for them. And what I don't know how to pray, Holy Spirit, help me to be able to pray for this family. Help me to be able to pray for that individual. Help me to be able to pray. Oh, man, what a difference it would make in the church if we started honoring one another and being able to have access to the gift then in each other. It's going to make a stronger church. Healing will flow like we've never known. Miracles will be seen and the world will take notice. And I know that's the heart of our pastor. I know that's the heart of God. He's ready for for people to take their stand and to stand up and do what he's told us to do. He said this. Is what the kingdom of God is like. This is the way that it should be. This is my heart for you from the very beginning. Is that we would love and honor and respect one another. So that the gift that he's placed in us, the treasure and the abilities. He doesn't give us treasure and gifts and abilities for ourselves. You ever notice that? He gives those so that you could bless somebody else. And it's somebody else's gift and treasure and ability that blesses you let's start to tap in knowing that each person we have in our life has something we need. And let's begin to tap into that through honor. Now, there's a fine line about using people to get what you need. You understand that? We're not talking about that. We're not talking about, you know, I mean, we've seen it done every day of our lives probably. But it's a real heart, it's a hard issue, isn't it? To honor somebody is a hard issue where you say, okay, I love them because of who they are because I see something amazing in them. Not to get something, but just to honor them, knowing that God's gonna bless me. Maybe he'll use them, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll use somebody else. Maybe he'll use the third person or the fourth person, but I show honor to the ones in my life. It's a standard I think we need to learn to live by in the church. It's a quality we set for my life that when you're in my presence, I will honor you. I'm not going to judge you by who you are. I'm going to honor you in my presence. I don't care what you live in. I don't care you know, if you're living with your friend and you've already had five husbands. I'm going to honor you when you're in my presence. That's what Jesus did. I think that's the way we should live our lives. It'll change the atmosphere. It would change what God can do. I believe in a body, in a church. And I want to see that. I want to see those that are called of God to be able to rise up. I want to, I want to be able to help, you know, polish up some gifts. And, you know, some people, they've been working on their, their field a while. Some people have already removed lots and lots of dirt. It's easier to access the treasure than others. And hopefully that's you. Hopefully you've been working in your own life. But if you haven't, it's never too late to start. You can start removing the dirt. You could work on your own field. But whether that treasure is far down or whether that treasure is just under the surface, let's do our very best to access the treasure and the people in this church and the people in our lives. And our life will be better because of it. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? And again, it's it's not about anything that I have to give and it's not about anything that... Pastor would have to give. It's about what the Lord Jesus Christ gives to us. He is our healer. He is the one who knows what we need and what's missing, what's broken, what needs to be fixed, what needs to be repaired, what needs to be replaced. He knows and He can do it. Amen? He is almighty, He is all powerful. He is the God that can do anything, He's the God of miracles. And you might have come in here tonight and you might be seeking for something and searching for something in your body or something in your life that needs to be healed, whether it be mentally, emotionally, spiritually or something physically in your own body. I think God has got a got an answer for each and every one of us tonight. And it might not come through just me. It could come through somebody else. You could be the answer to somebody else's prayer. And I think as we spend time praying in the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit can more easily lead us and guide us to the people to pray for them. And instead of looking at somebody that you know has a need and saying, I hope pastor prays for them tonight. Why don't you allow yourself to be used by God and just go lay your hands on No, don't be weird. Be cool. But go lay your hands on them and say, man, can I pray with you? I just, I just believe God with you for, for that healing to take place in your body for that to change or for this situation to get better, for you to, to come out of this hole that you're in. I'm, I'm with you. I'm believing God with you. But it's God that does the work. We just need to be led. We just need to be walking in that love. Let the love of God change us. But if there's anybody in this place tonight that you would say, well, you know, I, I would love for somebody to pray with me. I would love somebody to lay hands on me and, and just believe God with me because I, I know that there's something he has for me. I know that there's that healing, there's that miracle. I've heard the word and I'm standing and I'm believing. I I would like to pray with you tonight. I know we're running a little late, but I I would love just to be able to hook my faith up with you. And there's people in this room that recognize the power of God and they'll believe God with us together. And as we pray, there's nothing we can do, but there's amazing things that God can do because we pray, because we ask. And then God can do what what he promised us he will do. I'm just going to say a quick prayer. And at the end of my prayer, I'm going to invite anybody that wants to come and you feel free to come. Or if you want to just wait till after, I'm sure there'll be somebody that would be able to pray with you or I could pray with you. But I think that's what the body of Christ needs is we need people standing together. We need to be locked together, standing with one another and helping each other get through this life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you that you taught what this kingdom is supposed to be like and how we're to treat one another. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading the Apostle Paul and all of his letters on how we are to treat one another in the body of Christ. That this is the key for the church to be who you want us to be. And Lord, we just thank you that you, you can access, or that we have access to your power. When we begin to honor and treat one another in the right way, when we begin to not stand back and watch, but we begin to be a participant, when we begin to be active in what it is that you've called us to do as a church. And so, Lord, I just thank you for anybody in this place tonight that would have a need in their body. I pray, Father, that you begin to prepare them in their heart and prepare them right now and and, and begin to to do the work in them because you are the all-powerful God. And Lord, I pray that we would be be ones who would honor one another, that we would pray for one another in a way that would give us the ability to access your power and to be able to, to, to bring out within them what you placed in them. Father, I thank you for your healing power. I thank you for the power that's available to all if we would just ask. We thank you for that miracle power in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. If there's anyone here tonight that would just like us to pray and believe God with you, if you just want to make your way to the front right now, I would like to give you that opportunity. Not saying that I, again, I don't have anything to give specially, but I know that he does, hallelujah. So if that's you, would you just walk to the front right now? Praise God, God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. bless you. God bless you, sir. Hallelujah. Would everybody just stretch your hands this way and let's just let's just believe God to do something. This is part of our body. This is these these are people that God loves. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for that healing power that is available to us. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that from the top of his head to the sole of his feet that your power flows through this body. Thank you, father. Thank you, father. Thank you for health. Thank you for life that flows in this body in Jesus name, in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Father, I thank you. Thank you for that healing power. Thank you, Lord, from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Lord, that you are at work in her, that you fix and you change, you correct everything so that she would be healed and whole in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Did you come for prayer also? Okay. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for healing health and wholeness in Jesus' name. From the top of her head to the bottom of her feet that the life of God flows in this body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for it. Thank you, Lord, for it. Father, I thank you for health in this body, in Jesus' name, that he would be healed and whole and strong. Let the top of his head and to the bottom of his feet that your life flows within him. Be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed. I thank you, Father, for health Healing in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, that the life of God flows in this body. Restoration and wholeness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, Jesus. Well, Jesus, I thank you that you are the healer. That you are the healer. I thank you that life changing power is at work in these up here tonight. We give you the praise and the glory. You alone, Lord, can do the work. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you all, thank you all, God bless you, amen. Well, thank you all so much for allowing me to come and just to share a little bit into your lives. And again, we are so grateful to be able to be an extension of this church in Estonia. And, you know, I, I know that God has got more for us to do. We're, we're, we're in a country that 1% of the country goes to a church on a Sunday morning. It's a very godless nation. It's, uh, you know, we're not a nation like maybe India where they're serving false gods. We're in a nation where they don't believe in a God. And it's, uh, you know, they take a pride in being the, the least religious country in all of Europe. That's what they stand for. And so God has placed us in this nation. And, you know, we have a church of 100 people. You know, if everybody showed up, we might have 120. You know, if God told me 14 years ago that after 14 years, you're going to have 120 people in your church. I don't know if I would have stepped out and made that, that like, OK, yeah, that sounds great. 14 years of effort for, you know, 120 people. But I'm so thankful to be there because I know that we're not just touching them. We've we've touched so many other people and so many other churches already in our city. But I'm believing God that he has placed us there for a time that's gonna be coming. And this is what I ask you to pray for us is that this, this generation, you know, every generation that you remove Jesus, the next generation is going to fall that farther away. And that was the plan of the enemy when the Iron Curtain came down, is that he would stop a generation from knowing about the Lord Jesus Christ and the love that he showed for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. This generation doesn't know God. They don't even believe in God. But he sent a young man from America to go over there and to live his life there and to give up. A lot of the things that we love to come here and have this week with Pastor Mike because he takes us to restaurants that have flavor. Oh, flavor. <laughs> we get to have weather. We get to have all this beautiful stuff here that, that we're glad to give up because I believe that we're called for a higher purpose. But I don't believe I'm called to pastor 120 people. I think there's so much more that we can do there in that city, but I believe God has put us, put us there for when that time comes, when this generation begins to realize my friend just died, what's next? Or, you know, I've got the house and the car and the white picket fence and, the, and the, you know, what's next? What is this what life is really all about? And that's what I'm, I'm waiting for. That's what I'm waiting for, that, that, that light to turn on in the hearts of the people. And I think the problem was when the wall came down and, and the, the, the Iron Curtain came down, there was, there was a, a, a desire for the West and a desire to know what this God was that they were told they could not hear and they could not learn from. And, and they wanted to know, and so they ran to the church. And the problem was is the pastors didn't have the equipment or the tools to be able to help them to find God. And the businessmen and the, the entrepreneurs and those that, you know, they were told, no, don't do business. Let's just come and pray. Don't, no, don't, we don't have time for this. Let's just, let's, just, let's just come in, just get together and let's just serve God together and live as a community. And it was a little bit goofy. And because it was so goofy, the world said, whoa, you know, I've, I've got an opportunity to be a success now. Capitalism has come and, you know, and you're telling me I shouldn't go to work. Are you crazy? And so they have this idea that church is for the poor, the weak. And the stupid. And if you're not poor and you're not weak in your body and you're not stupid then you don't need church, you don't need God. But that's for all those other people. We all need help. Amen. I need help. You need help. They need help. They just don't realize it. They think that they could handle it. But but my prayer is this, that this generation in Estonia will come to a place where they realize there's got to be more. And then I believe we're going to be at the right place at the right time. And I just thank you for, for your prayers and, and, and for us to be in this place that is such a godless place. But there's people, I believe, that are gonna become more and more hungry and searching for the truth. And I thank you that you uh, uh, give us the ability to be able to be there and to serve God in the way that, that we are doing this. And I just thank you, church. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, Pastor Mike and Beth, for all the support. It's, it's beyond words. And so I appreciate you and and we love you. And, and, you know, if if we can do anything to pray and believe God with you, send us an email. But we've got a a sign up sheet in the back. My wife will take your email address. If you want to be part of our newsletter, you know, we send that out a couple times a year and just let you know what we're doing. So you could continue to pray and believe God with us. But I believe a time has come and there's going to be an outpouring. And then we're going to be at the right place. We're going to be able to see great, great things in these last days. As pastor's been preaching about, there's going to be an awakening. There's going to be a shake. And the Lord's going to come back for a victorious and glorious church. Amen. 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 So thank you all very much. God bless you. And we'll see you next year. Pastor Mike.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't you take your seats again for just a moment. We want to receive an offering for... Barry and Brenda and the ministry that they have, they're offering envelopes there in the seat around where you're located. Everything that, uh, this in, in this offering that's not designated otherwise, of course, uh, will be going toward their ministry. So if you want to give toward them, uh, you can either designate it on your offering envelope or, or not. If you don't uh, designate it um, uh, for anything else, then, uh, then we'll make sure it all goes to them. So we want to make it easy, as easy for you to give toward them as possible. I appreciate their faithfulness to be where they are and doing what they're doing. Amen? You know, I was thinking when he was talking about um, uh, how long they'd been there and some of the results and the size they are now, uh, he's bigger than a lot of places in the Bible when God started doing miracles where whole cities turned around. Amen? It wouldn't take a long time to get something done. I think we've got the idea, and I, I think the same way he does. We think things ought to grow and grow and grow and get bigger and bigger and better and better. As we go. And a lot of times that's not God's plan. A lot of times God's plan is for us to prove our faithfulness so that then He can pour things out in a big way in a quick time. Now we don't want it to be that way. We want it there to be miracles all along the way and, and everything be the way that, uh, that we'd like for it to be and comfortable and so forth. But a lot of times that's not the way God works. The Bible talks about doing, God doing a quick work. Amen? I believe and I'm just saying this in faith, I believe that Estonia will be one of the most God-centered nations in, in Europe. I mean, you just don't spit in God's eye and say we're a godless nation. That's kind of like one of those things where God says, oh, really? Well, let's see what you think after this miracle. Let's see what you think after this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Well, if you're making out a check, make it out to Foothill Family Church, and we'll put them all together and give them, give them one check. I really enjoyed that, minister, that uh, message tonight, Barry. Uh, that, uh, that really spoke to my heart. Hallelujah. I um, hate to bust your bubble, though, but that first ministry check that I sent to you after Marie Calendar's. that was just a mercy gift, man. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Couldn't help myself. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Father, for the great promises that we have. You said, Lord Jesus, that you would shake all nations and the desire of all nations should come. And the the glory of the latter-day church, the the glory of the latter house would be greater than of the former house. And in this place you'd give peace. Father, you said the silver and gold is yours. We thank you, therefore, for the glory of God being made manifest in the earth. We thank you specifically for the glory of God being made manifest in Estonia. Thank you, Father, for doing a great work in Barry and Brendan, for honoring their faithfulness. We thank you, Father, for causing that whole nation to be filled with the glory of God like the waters cover the sea. Lord, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be a part of them. We thank you for your blessing upon them. We thank you for taking them into your perfect will in every step that they take. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Amen.